Hi, and welcome back to Sepha Stories. Okay, so today I actually have a little bit of a different, um, I found this off of a different site. This came off of Tumblr, and with the permissions of writer Witherwings, I have been allowed permissions to read a story called Play Me a Song. Now, um, I don't have a rating, but I'm, I'm assuming this is probably going to be a T for teen, not really an M for mature, but possibly maybe for adult situations, but in perhaps language. Um, but either way, and, and I'm not even certain about that, I think this may be more of a rated T for teen. This is a pairing uh, between Remus Lupin and Sirius Black, and when I read the story, I fell in love with it. I thought this was really wonderfully written. Now this, of course, being published on Tumblr doesn't mean uh, means that I don't have some of the rating or status details that I would normally see on fanfiction.net. If you're new to fanfiction and you're trying to find great stories, you know, different locations, Tumblr is a wonderful place to look for fanfiction where writers are posting their stories more or less live on site. So think of it as social media for just about anything that's fan related and, and it's just wonderful. So it is a social media site, uh, but you see a lot of creative things. There are things from music to art to stories to whatever you can think it's going to be there. So I love Tumblr. All right, so play me a song by Witherings. And thank you so much. I, I had actually contacted this writer uh, via personal message a couple of weeks ago, and I've been really wanting to read the story. It's a little bit longer. And I um, I wanted to make sure that I could give the story the time and do justice in reading this um, that, that the story deserves. So if you are ready, let's get into this really wonderful kind of love story here. This is called Play Me a Song by Witherings. And we'll start now. Play me a song. Play me a song. They're 12 hiding from filch in an old and used storage room. There's a dusty, chipping grand piano sitting in the back. Sirius is sitting on the bench, tapping carefully at the keys. The metal pedal is on the floor, cut clean like someone deliberately removed it. Sirius looks up at Remus's request. Huh? He says, surprised. Play for me, Remus repeats, sitting on the corner of the bench. A brief smile pulls on Sirius's lips. All right, any request, your highness? He jokes lightly, leaning against Remus's shoulder. Anything, Bard? Remus smiles back. Oh, all right. You know Clear de Lune? Asks Sirius, hands hovering over the keys. Remus shakes his head. No, play it anyway. Sirius smiles and plays for Remus. At home, he always fears missing a note and getting punished. The anxiety is there, but he knows Remus would never hurt him. Play me a song. They're fourteen, sitting together in the shrieking shack, waiting for the moon to rise. Remus's teeth are gritted, his whole body shaking, the fear and pain taking over his mind completely. 
Sirius is holding his hand, stroking the inside of his palm. You need to relax, Remus. Your your heart's going to explode, he says softly. Remus tips back his head against the wall. God, I can't, Sirius. I'm fucking burning, he hisses. Sirius hushes him softly. I'm sorry, Re. What can I... What can I do? Play something for me, please. It'll help me relax. Remus whispers tightly. Severus bites his lip. Are you sure? I don't want to leave you. Please? Remus repeats. And Sirius relents. Okay. All right, okay, fine. What do you want to hear? Sirius asks, letting go of Remus's hand to stand and cross the room to the piano. Fucking anything. Sirius glances back at Remus, then at the clock, and starts to play. For Elise, a classic one, one of his favorite pieces, he keeps playing until it's too dangerous to stay, and James drags him out to the tunnel. Play me a song. They're sixteen, sitting in the potter's living room. Sirius has just been kicked out of his home two weeks ago, and now he's living here. Sirius is still littered in bruises and half-healed lacerations. His current state is progress, but still fucked. Remus just wants to make him feel better. What? Sirius startles. Play something. You don't have to, but it's quiet and it would be nice, Remus says gently. Oh, okay. Sirius doesn't sound too sure, but Remus doesn't want to push. Help? He reaches out, and Remus picks him up carefully, holding his too thin boyfriend against against his chest. He sits Sirius down lightly on the pristine white stool, sitting beside him and wrapping an arm around his waist. Sirius bites his lip, settling his hands on the keys. They're shaking, Remus notices. Was this a mistake? Sirius starts to play a simple scale. Suddenly, his hands jerk back like he just touched fire, and a choked sob jumps out of him. Remus brings the piano cover down in an instant and holds Sirius close. Pads! Hey, hey! What's wrong? Did that hurt you? I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Are, are you okay? He rambles, increasingly concerned with every violent sob coming out of Sirius. Sirius shakes his head, fear glistening in his eyes. Remus, I, I can't. They, you don't know. He closes his eyes, overwhelmed by unwelcome, unpleasant thoughts. Remus hushes him lightly, rubbing his arm. Hey, it's okay. No one's going to hurt you here. What's scaring you? I'm sorry, he says gently, taking Sirius's hand. It's okay. It's not your fault. They... It always punished me if I played the wrong note. He usually, he usually slammed the cover down on my hands. If they were mad, I cut the bell one lash for, for every wrong note. I'm so scared, Remus. I can't. Sirius turns his head, crying softly into the couch. Remus carefully pulls him into his lap. Scarred fingers card through wavy hair, gentle and loving. I'm so sorry, love. It's okay. It's... I just can't right now. Sorry. Sirius sniffles, his voice muffled by Remus's shirt. Remus's, Remus hushes him gently, pressing a kiss to his forehead. It's okay. I love you. Remus whispers, whispers against his hair. 
Sirius just nuzzles closer to Remus, replying in actions instead of words. Play me a song. There's Seventeen, sitting in the room of requirement two hours past curfew. It's Remus's birthday, and Sirius wanted to do something special for him. It's a beautiful scene. Little potted plants litter the room, patches of grass in some spots. The ceiling is covered in shining stars, constellations connected by faint lines. There's a little blanket in the middle with a massive chocolate cake. After a while, Remus only has eyes for the piano in the back corner. Come on, Remus. You can have the whole world in here, and that's all you want? Sirius asks lightly, pushing gently against Remus's shoulder. Remus smiles. Of course. What else is there? Literally anything, Ray. I, I thought you'd gotten tired of hearing me whack keys by now, Sirius jokes. Remus shakes his head, leaning against Sirius. How could I get tired of hearing the most beautiful sounds ever? Come on. Just one song, he practically begs. Sirius sighs lightly. All right, all right. Don't gotta hold a gun to my head. Sirius goes over to the piano, sits on the velvet bench, leaving room for Remus to sit beside him. What do you want to hear? What's that one you always played in first year? Sirius smiles and starts playing. Halfway through, Remus wraps an arm around Sirius's shoulders, pulling him closer. Sirius turns to look at him, and Remus takes the opportunity to pull Sirius into a passionate kiss. Play me a song. They're eighteen, lying on the floor of the common room. It's nearly three in the morning, and they're graduating today. Graduating. Seven years. Sixty-three full moons. So many memories. And it's ending now, just like that. They'll be thrown out into the real world tomorrow. No one to guide them anymore, just their dumb, inexperienced selves. It should be a bittersweet day, but really, it's just better. They're being thrown out into a fucking war. Just 18-year-old kids. It's scary to think about. Are you okay, Ree? Sirius asks gently, taking Remus's hand. Remus nods slightly, his hands trembling lightly. I'm fine, just, um, sentimental? I don't know, emotions, he mutters. Sirius hums softly. Me too. It's okay, he assures. Remus turns to duck his head down into Sirius's shoulder, stubbornly holding the tears back. Sirius kisses him gently on the forehead. We'll be okay, Re. Yeah, Remus sits up, wiping at his eyes and pulling himself together. Come on, serenade me, he says playfully after a minute. Sirius grins, standing and walking over to the grand piano he's become so familiar with. Last time tickling the ivories, he says quietly, playing a couple of scales to warm up. I really hate that sentence, Raymond laughs lightly. Remus laughs lightly. Sorry, Sirius chuckles. What do you want to hear? He pats the seat, motioning for Remus to sit beside him. What about that one you and Peter obnoxiously sing way too much? The one with the opera bullshit. Sirius rolls his eyes, pushing Remus's shoulder lightly. God, you have no appreciation for art. It's called Bohemian Rhapsody, he corrects. Whatever. 
play it since we're so artsy. Remus watches as Sirius plays, so mesmerized by the beautiful sound Sirius is creating with just his fingertips. He tilts his head onto Sirius's shoulder, eyes following the deep red painted nails. For the hundredth time, Remus thinks, I am so in love with this boy. They're twenty, curled up together on Remus's couch. Dry tear tracks on their cheeks. There's a letter from Dumbledore on the coffee table that's been crumpled up and burnt at the corner from Sirius's rage. The letter detailed the mission Remus would be on for God knows how long, living underground with the werewolves spying. I can't fucking believe he would do that to you. Sirius is sobbing into Remus's chest, and Remus holds him close, hushing him gently. Me neither. It's going to be okay, though. You're going to see me again, I promise. Remus murmurs softly. Sirius lets out another choked sob. You don't know that. He's sending you on a fucking suicide mission, Remus. How can you make a promise like that? Remus bites his lip, tucking Sirius's head against his shoulder. I do know, because I need to see you again, and no one will stop me. I'm going to be fine, Siri. Please, please believe that, he assures carefully. Sirius shakes his head. I can't. How am I supposed to? to? He cups himself off when Sirius, when Remus hushes him again. Baby, you're going to be, you're going to make yourself sick. Please, please calm down for me. I know you're scared. I, I am too. But it's going to be fine, Remus assures him. But come on, Pads. Let's just enjoy tonight, okay? We can talk about it more in the morning. Let's just relax for now, please. Remus tries. There's a moment of relative silence. Sirius taking deep, shaky breaths to steady himself. Yeah. Yeah, okay. What do you want to do? Sirius pulls back, shifting to straddle Remus. A light, playful smile pulls on Remus's lips. Want to play me a song? Sirius grins, wiping the tears from his cheeks and standing up. He offers a hand to Remus and tugs him over to the keyboard in the corner. What do you want to hear? He asks, always settling down on the wooden stool. Claire de Lune, for old time's sake, he says, sitting in the small space beside Sirius, leaning against him. Sirius smiles softly at Remus. I love you, he whispers, leaning over to kiss him. I love you, too. They pull apart, and Sirius begins playing. It was the last time Remus heard Sirius play for thirteen years. They're thirty-three, finally reunited, living together in Remus's tiny cottage. They're okay now, or something like it. Sirius falls asleep in Remus's arms most nights. They smile, laugh, and cook together, almost like a normal family. They're happy, Remus thinks. Something's missing, though. Remus knew Sirius would be different. He just didn't think he'd be this different. He should have expected it, really, but it's still devastating. There's nothing left of the Sirius he fell in love with all those years ago. Remus wants to bring back some part of him, no matter how small. Hey, Sirius? 
Remus says softly, sitting beside him on the couch. Sirius looks up, eyebrows raised slightly, and hums in response. Do you think... think he can still play? Remus asks carefully. He still doesn't know what the twelve years in Azkaban has done to Sirius's mind. Doesn't want him to be upset by the question. Piano? Sirius rasps, barely audible. He clears his throat and tries again. Yeah, it's it's okay if not. I don't want to. Remus starts, but Sirius cuts him off. I can try. Remus grins, leaning forward. Really? He would? Sirius shrugs. Sure. Why not? It's not like I have anything better to do, he says sarcastically. But Remus can hear the bite of bitterness in the words. There's a dusty, upright piano in the corner of the room, pressed flushed against the wall. There's no stool, only a little folding black chair, but it works. Sirius shuffles slowly over to it, settling down and looking at the keys, refamiliarizing in his mind the orders of the notes and the semitones. It's mildly confusing and frustrating at first. Whoa, this is, uh, I didn't think I'd get to see one of these Again, Sirius mutters, hands hovering over the keys. Remus crouches beside, behind Sirius, pulling him close for a light kiss on the cheek. I'm so glad you get to, he whispers. Sirius looks at him, smiling shakily. Thank you, he says, lightly, emotional. Of course, it's a little out of tune, but it's still a piano, right? Sirius laughs lightly. Obviously, I'll see what I can do, he says. Scarred fingers practically float over the keys, slow, unsure movements, gradually growing faster as muscle memory sets in. Sirius smiles as he watches his own hands moving as if they're going on their own, his thoughts melting into pure joy. Remus is amazed watching the man he loves so much do what he loves for the first time in 12 years. It's a bittersweet moment for him, thinking about all that's changed about this beautiful man and all that stayed the same. It's exhilarating to watch him find himself again. Serious, he whispers when Sirius's hands stop. That was beautiful. Sirius smiles, eyes glassy. You think so? I know so. Remus wraps his arms around Sirius, leaning his head onto his shoulder. I'm so glad you're back, he mutters, closing his eyes. And Sirius presses a kiss to Remus's hair, pulling him close and just holding him for a minute. Me too. And that, my beautiful friends, was the end of this absolutely heartbreakingly beautiful story. So, um, give me a few moments. I'm going to take a quick break. And then we will see you again for a quick commentary. Thank you for listening to Seppa Stories. Hi, and welcome back to Seppa Stories. And just to kind of preface, this is 
the commentary portion of our wonderful story that we just read, Play Me a Song. If you would like to skip this and go on to the next story that I have read or found for reading, you're welcome to do so. Or if you'd like to stick around and kind of tune in for the commentary on what worked for me as a reader um, of this really awesome story, um, then please stick around and, and let's talk about this really beautiful story. All right, so, so let's begin now. Um, Weatherings, thank you, or Weather Wings, I'm having, <laughs> having technical difficulties today. Um, thank you so, so much for sharing this absolutely gorgeous story. Okay, so things that worked for me just in the technical aspect of how the story is laid out. I loved that for the entire time they're in school, um, every kind of segment or movement of time begins with the sentence, play me a song. And this is um, kind of different memories, if, if you will, of Remus and Sirius while they're in Hogwarts and, and they're, you know, at the school and, and I think it starts as early as 12 that, you know, they're, they're together. And I kind of like how this develops. For me, as a reader, I thought that it captured, you know, 12-year-olds pretty well and are being young pretty well. And I like the play me a song and they're hiding from Filch and you know they're 12 and then you get a skip forward in your next paragraph and then they're 14 so so you're showing the progression of age and what I like is that each segment is also showing the development of the relationship between Sirius and Remus um, deepening and really kind of really becoming more bonded and, and close to me um, being a, a canon addict as I am, though that's not what I look for in fan fiction. I, I like to read all kinds of well-written fan fiction. For me, the Remus serious pairing works, and I'll tell you why it does. Um, they're in the wizarding world, and you have Remus Lupin, who is a werewolf, and he's very isolated, and you also have Sirius Black, who in his own way is an outcast in his own family and is also very isolated. I kind of liked the creative, well not kind of, I very much liked the creative spin of of course Sirius um, knowing how to play piano and I would assume that's because he's being raised as you know a pure-blood wizard in a very old and ancient house and so he would be learning or have the ability to learn how to play piano. Maybe that's something that, you know, the more wealthy would know how to do or be exposed to. Remus, I think, is believable in that he is, you know, very caring of Sirius. And, you know, they're just always kind of together. And at first, when they're 12, it's just kind of like, you know, leaning on each other's shoulders and, you know, that affection. And I thought that it was very natural, very natural feeling the way that their relationship starts to develop. So, you know, at 12, 
they're hanging out and they're hiding out you know and it's it's this kind of fun bantering and then you can see you know there there's a a bit of um recollection to or rather you you get a bit of foreshadowing that Sirius you know is being abused at his home and that maybe Remus understands this about him and is just supportive and I think that kind of builds the relationship in this story for these characters it was really believable then later you see at 14 when Remus is now really starting to go through the werewolf transformations and they're very painful for him and it is Sirius that is staying with him in the shrieking shack trying to pull his mind off of of the physical transformation that Remus is about to go through as a werewolf and if you didn't know that spoiler <laughs> there you are so we're assuming you know this if you're listening to the commentary so um you know they're they're again you know um together and and being still really supportive and and loving of each other and James finally you know pulls Sirius um out Sirius out whenever Rima starts to change. Then at 16, um, we have Sirius finally being kicked out of his home. And he's now living with the Potters, which I thought was beautiful that this writer aligned this with the canon that Rowling had created. And I'm like, okay, that, that works for me. And, you know, that they're hanging out at the Potters' residence. And you know, we have a very, very much abused, maybe beaten, serious, you know, like it was a violent leaving of his home, which, you know, from from the books, we know that Walburga Black, Sirius's mother at the portrait that's in the hallway, you know, just shrieks obscenities at everyone. And so you can only imagine, I guess, this kind of just aligns with what the real thing might have been like. So I kind of like that in this shading of the story, Sirius is almost a victim of his parents and and it worked for me you know I thought it was it was beautiful I really love this part where now the relationship at 16 really starts to develop and now we're going more from maybe friend best friend you know somebody I'm thinking about you know a lot to to really deepening affection love and and care I mean I think that care is always there but it's really starting to deepen at this point and then of course there's 17 and it looks like 17 is when you know they start really acknowledging what they feel for each other and so it's almost like this flower blooming you know between them and with everything going on and you know in the wizarding world and you know, getting kicked out and, you know, Rima's having transformations and this is the birthday scene. I liked the birthday party and, you know, um, they're celebrating a birthday and it, and that's the first time it looks like that we have, you know, like a passionate kiss. And to me, as a reader, it worked. Yeah, I thought it was believable and 
and beautiful. I thought this was probably one of the most beautiful written scenes. You know, I have written in a long time. You know, like, you know, it's a beautiful scene, and and it is. You know, the little potted plants litter the room, the patches of grass, and the ceiling is covered in shining stars, constellations connected by faint lines, and there's a little blanket in the middle with a massive chocolate cake. You know, so I mean, this is a really nice thing that you know is is happening this moment is a beautiful moment and I I think that was probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole story then we have graduation at 18 and at this point we know that is there the writer is telling us that you know they're they're comfortable with each other and they're scared about graduating and and I think graduation for anybody out of out of like high school or you know when you're about to enter the world, whether you're graduating college or graduating high school, when you you're making that progress into something brand new and undefined, you know it's terrifying. And I thought that this was delicately captured here, but more so because you know they know that they're about to be released into a war. So very much like Harry, Hermione, and Ron, when they have their exposure to the second Wizarding War, this is the first, and they know that things are already happening. I like how this aligns with the canon, that, you know, that they're about to enter you know, the real world. I do like the addition of this piano and the music, you know, this play me a song being the thread that's kind of tying everything together. I thought this was... It was brilliantly written, and it's incredibly effective. And and this has a bit of humor, you know, where he's playing Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought that's that's just awesome. And the end for the hundredth time, Remus thinks, "I am so in love with this boy." I thought that that's just beautiful. Then um, a couple of years out, they're twenty, and we have Dumbledore, and. Dumbledore to me in Harry Potter books at first he seems really quite benevolent but it's like the more you read the series the more you you see how Machiavellian uh, Dumbledore really is and I think that's what I love so much about the Fantastic Beast series is that he's already Dumbledore gone through one wizarding war in Dark Lord with someone he was personally invested in. And so for Dumbledore now to be very much playing the chessboard with people's lives in the way that he is, you know, um, Dumbledore, I think, is benevolent, but I think is also a great manipulator. <laughs> and so, you know, he's sending Remus out to spy on you know the werewolves that may be aligning with Voldemort and we have both Remus and Sirius talking about oh my gosh you know please be safe be careful I can't believe he's doing this and you know at this point people are taking on their roles of how and what they're going to do in the wizarding war the first wizarding conflict and so I thought that this you know worked and I liked that he plays Claire de Lune you know for old time's sake so it's like the very first song that we start with is is what's going to happen here and so now we know from the canon that that um, 
what would unfold. You know, we do know that Remus goes off and in this in this story, Remus is going off to spy on werewolves, and we now know that you know there's, we've already had the allusion to Peter of Bohemian Rhapsody from Hogwarts, so we know that the next thing that's going to happen is, you know, Azkaban, and where the Potters are murdered in their house, and of course Sirius takes the blame for something he he didn't do. He holds himself responsible. I guess for not being able to prevent what happened and of course they take him in no trial no anything and he just goes straight into Azkaban so so now you know they're 33 here's some time passing and I like this progression of time and now we have Sirius and Remus back together again and for me I think this works with the canon I really do because this is before I think Tonks happens if you were going to align it this way, because we know that we lose Sirius, you know, in the Ministry of Magic. So we know that this is going to be even more tragic if you wanted to align it to the canon, where um, now maybe, you know, of course Sirius is out. And we know that, that Sirius really never leaves Grimmauld Place. But if you stretch the imagination a bit and you have Remus and Sirius for the sake of this story, you know, they're they're living in Remus's tiny cottage. And um, I'd like to think that this is still going on while the Wizarding War is. My brain went that direction. But even if it didn't, this still works for me where, you know, you've got, now you've got Sirius out of Azkaban, but he's very damaged and we have Remus at this point of course there's no Tonks peering at at this point and that works for me this almost seems more believable to me than the Remus Tonks I mean the Remus Tonks works for me in reading the story when I'm reading it as a series but this also seems beautifully plausible and and actually a little more authentic to me as a reader um because it also kind of harkens back to Dumbledore and Grindelwald that, you know, you have these these bonded relationships. And I think this works. I almost wish that this were canon to make it, um, to kind of have that echoing, you know, and, and where Dumbledore and Grindelwald was, was a split and a breakup and, and very devastating this is completely the opposite this is very close and nurturing and loving and you feel that sense of loss that that Remus has for Sirius and seeing him come out of Azkaban so impossibly damaged so you know and then pulling those pieces out of a damaged Sirius that that um, you know that he knows is there and you know, is trying to bring out of this very hurt person. So I really loved absolutely everything about this story. And I thought it was delicate in its telling. I liked the technical format um, because after they graduate high school, or not high school, but after they graduate Hogwarts, 
the stories don't begin with the play me a song you know it's it's just the movement of time very fast happening and I think that works too it's almost like a train slowly you know getting ready to leave the station and then it just is flying and so that that kind of that definitely worked for me so I thought this was beautifully beautifully written it reads like poetry to read out loud it's mainly dialogue and the dialogue worked it was natural feeling for me to read it it was natural feeling for me to 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 read it out loud sometimes when I'm reading a lot of dialogue I get lost in who is saying what if it's not nicely written or if it's not well written enough that didn't happen here I I knew what the action was. I liked the snapshots of time as we progressed. I loved the beautiful detailing and even more than that I liked the very tight focus on restricting the story to the relationship that unfolds over time between these characters. I mean it was this is a really wonderfully strong beautiful piece of writing and if you want to find this writer gotta get on Tumblr and let me see what their hashtags are that you could probably look this up a lot of times when I post stories I read and you could look for this up by the um, by the hashtag if you if you wanted to try it that way I am actually going to hashtag this play me a song so you could look for it that way or um, you could look for Witherings and Wither and that's W-I-T H R E W I N G S. Look for their page, and there's more writing. Um, I only got the permission to read this one piece, but I would really love to read more um, of this writer's writing. And I am very appreciative. Thank you so much, Witherings. I can't wait to personal message you and let you know that your story is up. And I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed reading it. Absolutely lovely. I thought this was, and that's that's the word I could actually use. What best describes this particular story is lovely. It's it's just beautiful. It's really authentic and and well done. Very well done very well done so thank you for sharing your beautiful story with SEPA stories and if you are a listener and you enjoyed this and you want to hear more please hit me as a favorite so you can get you know updates whenever I post a new story Uh, tell your friends if they like fan fiction and they want to enjoy more of these wonderful stories and give me a share you can share me you can find me on tumblr you can find me on spotify apple itunes breaker you can find i'm just about everywhere i think i'm on instagram i am on instagram um twitter so when i post i tend to hit all the bases i can so you know give us give us a like give us a share give us a follow And we will see you next time on SEPA Stories. Thank you so much.